Young Entertainment. Young Entertainment. Young Entertainment Professionals. Young Entertainment Professionals. Getting momentum to move forward and like do what you want to do and like what you were made to do. That's what you need to spend your time thinking about. Libby Olerich here, your host of the Young Entertainment Professionals podcast. In this series, we sit down with the people cultivating the entertainment industry, the influence Yep has had on their career. Today, Sony ATV songwriter Trani Anderson is going to be joining us. Trani is from Waco, Texas, and she moved to Nashville only a few years ago and met her first co-writers through our Yep Nashville Facebook page. Trani speaks to her music industry community and what it was like finding the right publishing deal and getting connected here in Nashville. But before we get to our conversation with Trani, I want to remind you to check out yepnashville.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Search at Yep Nashville. We'll be releasing updates about our end of the year rewind show happening on November 29th very soon. Our website and socials are also where you can find info about weekly events around town and a whole lot more. And finally, if you have a Yep story, we want to hear about it. Send in your story about how Yep has connected you with opportunities at successstories@yepnashville.com. Now to our conversation with Trini Anderson. Welcome, Miss Trini Anderson, to the Yep Podcast. Oh, thank how you. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, full um, of coffee. I need. <laughs> I need to have some coffee for this evening for sure. Um, so you're from Texas. Yeah. You moved here to Nashville to become a songwriter. Or, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, I grew up in Waco, Texas, and uh, went to college at Baylor, which is in Waco, too, mm-hmm. and then moved here after I graduated. Do people ever ask you about the uh, – oh, I'm blanking as I'm asking this. The fixer-upper. The fixer-upper. I knew what you were going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do people ask all the time what it's like to On be from Waco? Literally every day. Like I, the two questions I get is, do you know Chip and Joanna Gaines or are you in the cult? (laughs) Which I don't know if you remember that. That happened like, God, I don't know, 92, 91. I need to look this up. I kind of have a weird fascination with cult history, but. Yeah, there was a cult right outside of Waco. So that's, um, it was pretty gruesome and bad, but, um, Mm. Anyway, that's the other question that I would, <laughs> that I get pretty often. So you moved here from Waco to become a songwriter. Yeah, you just showed me a Facebook post. Yeah, that you shared to the Yet page, uh, like four. You said four or five years ago. Three years ago. Three years ago. I've been okay. in town f- uh, a little over three years. Yeah. So yeah, I looked that up yesterday. Not not expecting to find it because there was no way in heck I was going to scroll back three years through mm-hmm. y'all's page. <laughs> that's a lot of posts. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> but um, I just searched my name like hoping it would pop up and it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like really cool. It was actually pretty sentimental for me to read that post. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Just because like a lot in, in my life has changed since I posted that three years ago. But yeah, I mean, the first time I met you, you know, I work over at NSAI, mm-hmm. and you're a co-writer on the grand prize song um, that won the oh, NSAI yeah. song contest. <laughs> Two, it would be it would be two years ago with Charles Kelly and Lauren yes, McLean. Lauren McLean, love her. One of my, one of my best. She's friends. awesome. Yeah, she's a wonderful person. Can you talk about that experience and kind of how that fit into the timeline of of your journey? Yeah, uh, the NSAI. Experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, gosh, Lauren and I probably wrote that. A year after I moved here. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a song called Wasted Fantasy. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> and um, way more on the pop spectrum. But anyway, we you know we wrote that, and then Lauren uh, entered the contest for us, and um, then like texted me. I guess a couple weeks later and was like, Oh my God, we're finalists in this contest. And I was like, no way. Okay. Um, and then we ended up winning, which was awesome. So like, uh, before how that fit into like my trajectory here, um, I got my publishing, my first publishing deal, like actually right in between her entering that song and us winning. (laughs) Wow. So we just like squeaked in there because I don't think we could have entered the song or entered the contest. Yeah. You, I mean, you've, yeah, did just hit yeah. the mark for that. Yeah. So that was, that was actually like perfect timing. Um, so, I mean, that, it couldn't have been cooler because we got some nice prize money and like some really, really cool opportunities. Um, like one of those was hanging out with Charles. Um, is there any advice that he, because you know, I wasn't there to take the photo, but I don't yeah. ever know what kind of conversations happen in the mentoring sessions. Yeah. So, I mean, being a part of NSAI, but then also being kind of an outsider, you know, was there any advice that Charles gave that like had stuck with you? Honestly, like what he said to us when we walked in the room, he was like, you know, like we can treat this any way y'all want to. Lauren and I had both been writing songs full time for a, a while mm-hmm. at that point too, and he he was like, "If you want to make this like more of a pitch meeting where you just where you play me stuff and I give you feedback, like I would love to do that." And we were like, "Oh gosh, like if we're gonna get the chance to play Charles Kelly's songs, then we're gonna do that," <laughs> you know? Like, and so we did, um, yeah. and it was just really cool to get feedback from him, and I mean. It was it was just really cool because he like was so down to earth, so humble, treated us like peers, and and yeah, I mean we left like feeling really encouraged, and um, he you know he like gave us his email, which was really cool, and it was awesome. Yeah, so um, yeah, I mean I I got a lot out of that, just feeling encouraged. Yeah, and so can you talk about some of the encouraging relationships that you have formulated through Yep? Um, yeah, kind of going off of that, you know, <laughs> finding co-writers, you know, just figuring out the community here in Nashville and what your niche has, yeah. has come to be up until now. Yeah. So back to that post from a little over yeah. three years ago. Um, I like something I did last night. I like really enjoyed going back and looking at um, who had commented on it and who had liked it and just like scoping our mutual friends and like, because I mean, when I moved here, I had zero mutual mutual friends with everyone, pretty yeah. much, that commented on that. And now, I, then I was seeing like a hundred mutual friends, fifty mutual friends, one hundred and fifty mutual friends, and it was just like, oh my gosh! In three it's, years, it's insane. Like that is how close and tightly knit Nashville's network is. And um, so, yeah, I mean, like posting that, and then like actually following through on connecting with the people that had commented on it. I mean, like I was new to town. I had nothing to do. (laughs) So I was like, somebody wanted to get coffee with me, man, I was going to get coffee with them and, or write a song with them and definitely met some people I still keep up with through that post. And then like the way Nashville works is like, you know, I wrote with that person who introduced me to their five closest co-writers. And then I wrote with all five of them and it was just like a spider web, you know? Isn't it crazy though? Like you were just saying that, you know, even it's so tight knit. 
Yeah. And even though Nashville has expanded yeah. tremendously over the past couple of years, it still seems to keep that tight knit community, which I think is really, really cool. It really does. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, the just being here for like a year or two years or three years, like you really find out how small it is and like how doable it is to move here and like get something going if you're just willing to be proactive about making friends and and like really building relationships. So what did you learn in terms of co-writing relationships? Like, mm-hmm. you know, being in the writing room, figuring out what co-writing relationships work, which ones don't. What kind of advice <laughs> do you do you have to offer for aspiring songwriters that move here and are trying to figure that out? Yeah, I mean, three years in, I like, I'm still figuring yeah. that out. I mean, it like, it takes years to perfect your craft and to really figure out what kind of, writer you um or artist or producer you work really well with Mm -hmm. um so I think that is like always an ever-changing thing but um just right off the bat I think you have to say yes to to everything like because you just never know what's going to work for you and what's going to work for somebody else and like you also just have to know that when you're going to start writing professionally you're going to write 500 songs in three years time and most of them are just going to be like okay (laughs) and like a lot of those co-writes aren't going to aren't going to be like the one the co-writes and the combinations for you but that's okay because you always walk away from that having learned something or at least having another person that you know and and like another friend right and in speaking to the like your own craft and finding your yeah. voice, where does most of your inspiration come from? I feel like that's really changed a lot for me the last three years too. Like I was such a like Sarah Bareilles Sarah, uh, sort I'll, of person. I've seen her like three or four times in concert. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Me too. I lo- I love her stuff still. Um, I'm listening to it less just because I'm like really into mm-hmm. <laughs> like SZA and like yeah like urban like cool things like that right now but um but that's where a lot of my um original inspiration came from was from Sarah Wells but um yeah like since moving here I am very serious about being a like down the middle like write for radio mm-hmm. um country or or pop um writers so like most of my time I spend like either listening or people I'm writing with, you know, like pretty down the middle stuff that like just has great melody, like big chorus. Yeah. Love that stuff. Great hook. I'm like just always looking for like great hooks and inspired by people who have, you know, cracked that code on how to do that. Songwriters that you've looked up to. Yeah. That that follow that, that trend. Yeah. I mean, those are so easy to find in Nashville. Like Mm -hmm. there's at least five rounds every night that you could go to where you could like, you know, Nicole Galleon or um, Hillary Lindsay or Brad James or people like that, that you just like as a young songwriter, you just have to study what they're doing because it's worked for them for right o- over a decade. Song that you wish you would have written. Okay. This is such a, a generic answer um I just think it's such a well-written song lyrically because like lyrically that's where I'm really trying to 
work on mm -hmm. my writing. Um, the house that built me. You know what's so funny is I I was thinking that in my head I was like I wonder if that's gonna be the song that she that she's because that's one of my favorites. It's a perfect song. Yeah. Um, and I'm just really looking up to to Tom Douglas right now because mm -hmm. I just signed at Sony recently. Um, Congrats. Thanks. And I got to write with him on Monday for the first time and what? just like yeah and just um, is that I'm surreal just, for you? Uh, yeah. I mean like. Like surreal to have the opportunity and like hopefully write a, a big song, but just mostly like just surreal to like get to be in the same room as him and breathe the same air as him mm -hmm. and like pick his brain. And I was just so excited to like learn how his brain worked. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's why that song came to my mind immediately. <laughs> well, I like to but, ask people, of, you know, for that song that reminds me of, you know, obviously my my hometown where I grew up. Yeah. Um, where did it, you grow up? I grew up in Augusta, Georgia. Augusta, actually, I grew up in a really small. Oh. It's actually it's a small town called Hepzibah. Yeah. H e p h z i b a h. Okay. Yeah. It's it's in the middle of nowhere, and it's like twenty minutes outside of Augusta. So I tell people I'm from Augusta because that's like really close to it, close proximity, and people know it for the golf course. Well. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually like I I listened to Austin's yep interview, and we talk about and that. You talked about golf, and yeah, that's why I was like, oh yeah, because I remember that. I'm golf is my favorite hobby, and my mom played professional golf. Actually, she played on the LPGA tour, so golf what? is like a really big deal in my family. So I'm really jealous that you grew up there. Well, I kind of so I we should go play golf. And you can give me pointers. Do you play? Be well, so I played once with my dad. And <laughs> I think I did okay, but I feel like I could do better. Yeah. And I feel like I need to know the game because of where I'm from at the same time. So it's yeah, also like a goal, but I also feel like I would enjoy it. And it's something that yeah. you can play when you're 90 years old. So Right. <laughs> it's it's just, a good like zone out. I feel like a good zone out. It's one of the game. only things that can shut my mind off. Have you been to Top Golf yet? Yeah, I have been to Top Do you Golf. love it? Yeah, I am, I just don't like lines. So I, that's why I like steer clear a little bit. But yeah, it's fun for sure. Yeah, we'll have to schedule a golf game after this. <laughs> I love it. I would love to Real do time. that, um, Where? What were we talking about? Oh, the house that built the me. The house that built me. So yeah. that actually kind of reminds me of my aunt's house. As well, because <laughs> yeah. she had a lab that I was like really, really close to. And there's a moment in the song where it talks about like the dog in the backyard Buried and just, backyard. yeah. And so it reminds me of like my home home and my aunt's home that I grew up in as well. Yeah. So going off of that, what kind of memories from home does that, does that song bring to mind for you? Man, I think um, I think that's another reason I love that song so much is I it's a rare song where I think everyone in the entire world could relate to mm -hmm. it. Literally, there's not a person that can't relate to that song. So for me, it's just about every line that makes me <laughs> want to tear up <laughs> and that I can relate to, like like where I learned to play my play a guitar. You know, yeah. like that line really gets me. Like I I don't play guitar, but I. Uh, right on piano. And so, yeah, I mean, like, I, my mind wanders back to the whitewashed piano in my living room growing up. And I was four years old and 
butt naked sitting on the whitewashed piano bench. That's you know, amazing. just like like my mind goes back there. Like and I started writing melodies there and like messing around on the key, on the keys. I was gonna ask you when music started for you, but I feel like that's that's answered my question. So really, really <laughs> early. I'm yeah. Um I'm, I'm like I'm that kid that started writing songs before I knew how to spell. And I was like, you know, like six and my piano teacher, I would sing these songs for her and like just had to memorize the words and she would write down the words for me because I couldn't spell yet. And they were like about candy and gymnastics and thing and Jesus and things like that. But um but yeah, it's it was just always my greatest passion and I just like never outgrew it. I like became more and more in love with it as I grew up. So that's crazy. And so when you came to Nashville and, mm-hmm. you know, was working to become a songwriter, how did you build the performance skills? So I'm assuming you play rounds, don't you? <laughs> do you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. But I'm I'm sorry. I'm laughing because um, I love performing, but I will never be a performer that doesn't have, like, all the, all my lyrics right in front of me. <laughs> Probably going to mess up on the second verse, like, undoubtedly. And, and I don't expect to ever improve. I think that's like, yeah, I just, I just, that's just me. You just love it. It's just me being raw and sharing. Sharing stories. I'm I'm assuming that's like your favorite part of the round though, as well, is sharing (laughs) the, the, the stories behind what you've written or what you've written with a co-writer that's with you. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I don't, I probably play like at least around a month, like Mm -hmm. some, sometimes two um, and that'll probably increase over time too. But yeah, it's like something I really enjoy um, because the stage of that I'm in is so much about, you know, write five songs a week, be detached, move on, go to the next week and write five songs and become detached and go the next weekend. So for me to like, you know, like actually have s- people a room full of people hear those like it's really nice you know and like um and sometimes like I'll have someone come up to me with tears in their eyes and say man that song that like I I'm sharing that because I just played around uh where I I wrote a song about my dad called you took me fishing Mm -hmm. um with Billy Montana and a Sony Canada producer named togs um and and, you know it's just like super raw song about my dad and uh, i had like several people come up to me and like one lady was crying and was like that song like i relate to that so much Wow. so yeah i mean like rounds are cool for that reason um just because you know i don't like being detached from my songs all the time i it's nice to like live with them for a second i think it's good to to not completely like you know, put them in the notebook and turn the next page and, yeah. you know, it's good. right. Just cause you have to get another. Yeah. It's good. Um, in some regards and then it, in others, I think it's like, yeah. <laughs> when you get to kind of see an experiment and see how people engage with those songs and completely. the stories that you tell and what reaches people and completely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do love rounds and performing for that reason. That's great. So let's jump into the publishing, publishing side. Um, when did you first find your, when did when did you find your first publishing deal, um, and how did that come about? <laughs> Words. Um, I, gosh, I'm gonna try to keep this really short. 
Um, I'll give the like Reader's Digest version of this. So um, the literally the first day I moved to Nashville, um, this was a God thing for sure. Um, I went to Blue Moon that restaurant. I freaking in love Nashville. that place. I feel like I'm not even in Nashville when I go there. <laughs> I know. That's <laughs> like why I'm at I the like beach. it. I know. It is like that. Um, but I, I walked into that restaurant mm-hmm. and I saw all of a thousand horses. And the reason I knew who they were, well, first of all, I knew their music. But secondly, um, the lead singer's wife, Caroline Hobby, um, babysat me growing up. <laughs> She's from no. Yeah, and her dad's my dentist. And um That's crazy. Yeah, super, super random. But um I I was like, God, like literally I've been in town for two hours and I run I'm running into one of the few people that I know. And that's really cool. So um I went up to her and was like, Hey, do you remember me? I haven't seen you in like God, ten years or whatever. I don't know how long, but um she was like, Yeah, Tranny and so she was really sweet to me and like went to coffee with me and asked me to start dog sitting for her. And Caroline was in a band called Runaway June at that time. Um, before she really like got all wrapped up in her cool podcast stuff and like hosting stuff, um, and influencer stuff. She's like literally like, I was going to say everything. She's killing it. But Anyway, they were both gone all the time. And so I would live in their house and take care of their dogs, um, Sugar and Ruby. and Cute names. Yeah. And um, I I just like really wanted to keep that gig. So I would like leave fresh cut flowers sometimes and like clean up their house and like make sure that they would invite me back. And um, so after a while, I started dog sitting for all of their country star friends. It's <laughs> a way to do and, it. Yeah. yeah. Complete accident. You know, like I completely stumbled onto this business opportunity. Um, but yeah, like eventually I was getting so many dog sitting gigs that I didn't want to tell. I didn't want to tell these people no, because they were like, first of all, it was really consistent dog sitting work. And then second of all, they were in the industry that I wanted to be in. And so um, I started asking some of my songwriting friends who needed side money to sit for my company. Um, and I went ahead and made it an LLC and the website and everything. It's called Pup Stars Pet Services. Um, and anyway, you know, this thing is up and running and a lot of dog sitting gigs for everyone. And after about like a year of that, Caroline... And Jennifer Wayne, who's one of my close friends and is in Runaway June. Right, yeah. Um, they, I mean, they just became really close friends of mine and just like wanted to invest in me literally for no reason other than they're just amazing people and like saw something in me and um, like wanted to be kind to me. And that's just like Nashville. That's just mm-hmm. like the Nashville story is like, you know, you, someone helps you and then you help somebody. And I was that person for them for whatever reason at that moment. And, um, so they like Caroline literally gave me money to go get a demo made and, and was like, I'm going to set you up with every publisher in town. And Jen said the same thing. And I was like, really guys, are you sure (laughs) you want to like put your name on the line for me? And, um, so yeah, I I had a summer where I met with everyone and got a lot of co-writes with 
this company and that company and this company and that company. And then someone, you know, eventually like offered me a deal about three months later. And that was a small company called Catch This Music. Yeah. And, um, which was right in that window of the NSAR song contest, too. But, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed my time there. I was there for a year and a half. Great publishers. I had Brandon Perdue and Chris Poole as my publishers. Um, and they really, like, helped me build my network way stronger. Yeah. Um, I got way, way better at, at songwriting and, like, writing what a commercial down the middle country song is. I like really learned that, you know, have started learning that. And then (laughs) um, about five and a half months ago, um, two days before I got married, um, this is the crazy part of the story. Everything happening at once. This is the crazy part of the story. Um, My publisher, Brandon, called me and said, hey, um, the publishing company is running out of business and um, I just wanted to let you know and I thought I'd I'd let you know now instead of you hearing it from somebody else like when you got back from your honeymoon we just like didn't want to tell you now but we thought it would be best and I was like oh Oh, my god are you serious like what the timing of that and I had no zero capacity for other emotions because I was gonna say the day before your wedding you're already like consumed (laughs) with that (laughs) hey by the way when you get back you don't have a job (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm glad we can laugh about it um but yeah I was I was pretty much just like in shock and just like okay that's it and I was like it's okay I'm gonna go on I'm gonna get married to the man of my dreams, Patrick Anderson. He's amazing. Um, is he in the music industry as well? Mm-mm, no, he's he is a grad student at Vanderbilt. Um, he has two years left, and he does surgical robotics. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's totally um, at the spectrum of yeah. what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's a mechanical engineer. Um, That's cool. But we complement each other extremely well. It's really cool. Um, but anyway, yeah, he, I was like, babe, I don't have a job when we get back from our honeymoon. And he was, he honestly just like, kind of like shook his head and laughed. And he was like, this is marriage. Like, here we go. And I was like, yeah, it is like, we have to figure things out together. And Mm -hmm. so we went on our honeymoon and I just didn't know if I should reach out to people immediately or what, but I, um, he and I just prayed and I was like, God, I don't, I'm not asking for another deal. I'm just asking that our first year marriage is not us freaking out about finances. And, um, literally on the honeymoon, Sony reached out to me. (laughs) So the timing of that was like incredible. You didn't even have to like, yeah. Yeah. It was, they just heard through the grapevine and, um, cause when a publishing company goes out of business in Nashville, like, if it's like, you know, substantial enough one, then people talk about mm-hmm. it and they're like, oh, who are the writers and are we interested in signing them? Whatever. So anyway, yeah, that's how it happened that I ended up at Sony. Um, so I've been there for almost four months. Wow. So. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, can you talk about your Sony family and um, just that dynamic? Oh, yes. And I would love to talk what about it's been my like Sony family for the past four months. 
Um, you're going to make me cry, Libby. <laughs> Um, this, is, this is kind of my job, though. <laughs> Emotions. No, just kidding. Um, I am really happy there. I think that initially I was like, oh, Sony, like they're so big. I don't know if that's right for me. Like I don't right. have a hit yet. Like am I just going to like get shelved or like, you know, you just hear stories about about big companies. Like they have so many folding and yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they have Tom Douglas. They have Ross Copperman. They have John Knight. They have like, what, like, why would I be important there? You know? But, um, I mean, like from the get go, they were just like, we believe in you and we want you here. And my publisher, Katie Kirkover, that it's her first, like really, really big publishing, job um and so like she's the perfect person for me just because she champions me um so much because she believes in me but also because like she's very invested in me I'm like the first songwriter she's ever signed yeah so like you know we're just we're just a team right now and um just having a lot of fun like strategizing and and like growing together and the rest of Sony, um, I mean, the creative team is actually not crazy, crazy big, but they all work together super well and like all set up co-writes for me too and pitch my songs and like, like Dane Schmidt has like just got me a huge hold and I'm like, yeah, Dane, I'm not even your writer. Thank you. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, I mean, I'm so happy there. I feel like I'm growing a lot there. It's huge for me. Sounds like you got a, just a, a great, a great community surrounding you and supporting you and totally lots of opportunities, <laughs> which I want to talk about. You have a song of yours that uh, Levi Hellman is going to release. Yeah. Can you talk about it? Yeah. I'll, yeah. I don't know the exact day that he's releasing it, but I know it's soon and he just made a music video for it, which is cool. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yes. Um, so, I mean, and Levi is like, really doing some cool stuff and like starting to get some good buzz uh, and like a, doing really well on Spotify playlists and stuff. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that would be really cool for, for my song to have millions and millions of streams on be. <laughs> That'd be great. Any other projects that so. you're working on or anything that you're excited about um, right now? Yeah. Um, I like, I've gotten some, I have some more cuts that, I can't talk about yet, but that I'm really excited about. And, um, yeah, I just, I feel like I'm writing my best stuff right now. And like the rooms that I'm in, um, I'm just finding the combinations that work really well for me. And, um, so I'm excited to like keep writing with those people and creating with those people. Do you so. have any uh, closing advice for someone who's creative and has, mm -hmm. has been here for a while in the business, yeah. whether that be on the business side, on the uh, songwriter artist side, just generic and advice for the creative person is trying to figure out their voice and where their, their place is here. I hope this is good advice. Like the first thing that's coming to my mind, I think creatives are really bad about this. I'm bad about this. Um, if I have a bad day mm -hmm. or like some little thing, like I create some scenario of, oh, this happened, so it means this. Like that steals so much creative energy from you to like get caught up 
and any negative thinking. And um, so I think like really monitoring that in yourself and catching yourself when you're spending all of your energy just beating yourself up, spending all of your energy thinking about what other people are doing or just spending all spending all your time thinking about things other than like getting momentum to move forward and like do what you want to do and like what you were made to do. That's what you need to spend your time Mm -hmm. thinking about. And so, yeah, I think there's like a lot of power and positive thinking and like being really healthy spiritually and emotionally and for sure physically. And so, you know, if you're spending all of your time on that and like just taking it one day at a time and one co-write at a time and pouring yourself into every single minute of that, um, and not really being concerned with anything else. <laughs> um, I think that's like super key. I think that's phenomenal advice. Oh, thanks. Because I know for real, because I mean, I don't think I've heard it put that way in a, in a, in the creative role before. Yeah. Um, just thinking about how sometimes we let our imaginations run wild and we start so thinking bad. about a conversation that hasn't even happened yet or a scenario that hasn't even happened and we end up setting ourselves up yeah. to be disappointed when we don't even know the end result. It's it's you know? just really dangerous to assume anything. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to lie to yourself and like get caught up in those lies instead of just going, okay, I'm going to think about the next minute and how I'm going to better myself in the next minute. Like that is what we need to spend our time doing. I agree. I think we're going to end on that. It's a really good (laughs) note, really positive. Yeah. Great note to the week. Um, where can people follow you? See what you're up to. Yeah. Um, Instagram is where I'm most active and it's at Tranny Anderson. Um, I will spell my first name because it's really, you know, it's easy to misspell. Um, it's T R A N N I E. Um, so yeah, that's like where I'm most active and, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really active anywhere else. <laughs> SoundCloud. <laughs> Here, I'll follow, I'll follow you right now. Just to, just. <laughs> hey, well, thanks for joining us. You're awesome. You're Let's awesome. go. Let's go play golf. Okay. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> thanks. Thank you. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Young Entertainment Professionals podcast. Stay up to date on everything YEP by visiting yepnashville.com. There you can sign up for our newsletter and be the first to hear about events and new episodes on this podcast series. Follow us on social media at Yep Nashville. And don't forget to subscribe and write us a review. Until next time, discover, cultivate, accelerate.